We all have times when we feel anxious or depressed, but now is the time to take control of your mental health. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Bynus, and I'm a holistic psychiatrist. Before we start this podcast, I want to introduce you to our brand new intensive online program that I'm super excited about. It's called Overcoming Anxiety and Depression. Brought to you by experienced mental health professionals, this program will give you powerful tools to manage your emotions and practical ways to excel in your relationships. This is a powerful, amazing, holistic program that will assist you in your battle for optimal mental health. Are you ready for change? Join our next session beginning April 2nd, 2024. Learn more at beautifulmindswellness.org. Now to the podcast. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bynes, and today I'm joined by Mariola Porres, and she is life and health coach extraordinaire. And she's going to be sharing with us today about her journey into life and health coaching. And she's going to not only be sharing about how this has impacted and helped other people, but how this journey has also made a tremendous impact in her own life. So welcome, Mariola. Glad that you could join us today. Happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey into life and health coaching, how you even got interested in that? Because from what I understand, and I, I think I know you pretty well, having worked with you now for several years, uh, that you were actually in the corporate world for several years, or I think about 15 years, right? That's so right. tell me a little bit, how in the world did you go from the corporate world to actually getting into life and health coaching? Well, it's very interesting. And I guess the answer is I had to lose my health to really find it. 15 years of a marketing career up in you know global corporations had led me to really understand marketing from a strategic standpoint. You know, marketing is all about finding the needs, the insights, and developing strategies for us to achieve goals for the company, right? For the different products or services we're selling. So yeah, as I did this, I discovered that in the corporate setting, we do a lot of strategy and a lot of tactics to to reach this, but we lack doing that in our own lives. You know, corporations are very highly demanding, especially if you have an international career. It was working, 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 but I really overlooked or neglected my personal health, which led for physical breakdown that then impacted my mental health. It impacted my spiritual health and even my social connections, my, my relationships, my community. I was isolating, I was working. So my life was out of balance. As a result of that, I started learning more about the impact of lifestyle in our health and how our choices really lead us for success or for failure, right? So that led me to really understand why, what the, the component of health is in our lives and then how we can take ownership of that in everything we do. Isn't it interesting how we can be so strategic when it comes to like working hard and getting all these things done and supporting the job or the corporation that we work 
for, but we can often ignore our own health in the process and not be very, very strategic about that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so easy to you know, be very strategic when it comes to work and all of this, but really ignore our own needs? Right. I believe it's the lack of awareness. We go to school, we learn a lot of things, but we really don't talk about our bodies and how connected they are. The way we feel affects the way we think. The way we think affects the choices we make. We know it more at a you know, external way, but we don't really see it as all of it combined. Yeah, it's interesting. As a psychiatrist, I often notice that patients that come to me, they often tell me like, look, I've this is the first time I'm really learning about how to take care of myself. And to me, it, it is kind of crazy the way we do education in, in the world, isn't it? Because in my mind, I'm like, you know, we need to get better at like educating our children of how to take care of their physical and their mental health so that that's not last place. Because if you're not doing that, then everything else in our world is going to fall apart, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we don't take classes on how to deal with grief. And we are all facing brokenness and loss and even emotional intelligence, right? We learn a lot of theory, but how do we apply that in our everyday life? So that's very important. And we get to learn it, unfortunately, through experiences, through the consequences of making the wrong choices. That's right. So what was the moment in when you were in your career and, and uh, you were in this marketing career? And I think it was, I don't know, you, maybe you can't n- name the company, but it was a, it was a pretty big company, like a worldwide company, and uh, you were successful. What moment did you remember getting to where you're just like, okay, something need, needs to change here? Well, it was just not being able to show up at work fully. My energy levels were very weak. I started having a lot of gastric failure. That's how it started manifesting or manifesting my, you know, the lack of balance in my life. Then I was having a hard time sleeping. I was having a hard time communicating and remembering things. Even as I connected with my peers, I saw how irritation, how resentful I was, how angry I was. And it was all about me not being in touch with my emotions and knowing how to redirect those so that I could increase my capacity versus the demands that I was facing day to day. So that led for me to completely break down. I started being hopeless and I started being depressed and anxious and I didn't even know what that was. I was just lacking purpose and motivation to the point that I said I have to really quit and take care of myself. And that's when I started my journey into understanding lifestyle because I tried, I cannot tell you how many doctors I went through and they were all giving me medications, but none of it was really addressing the root. So as I learned more about lifestyle and and health, I was really fascinated to a point that that built the bridge for me finding a new career path. So I lost my health, but I found it again through the motivation of finding a solution that was giving me, again, that motivation, that purpose, and also the desire to share this with many more. Wow. And you know, isn't it interesting how oftentimes when people start struggling, and this is the case for you, that we we go to doctors and then they say, okay, well, this is a symptom. Here, I have a pill to fix that. Oh, and you have another symptom? I have another pill to fix that. Unfortunately, it's easy to prescribe pills for symptoms, but it can be more challenging to really look at the root causes of what's actually causing the problem and addressing that. And it sounds like you were looking for something to really address the root issues rather than just 
treating the symptoms. Yeah, and it felt to me in my personal experience like a layer of the onion. Like I discovered one piece, which was the physical. But then as I got deeper, I understood, oh, wow, my mental, right? Like I'm not being able to connect the dots. I'm, we're not sick because of the lack of medication in our system. We're sick because <laughs> of the roots that are connected, right? Like the way we eat, the quality of our sleep, the way we exercise, the way we connect with our community, that's huge. It's not only doing the right diet and exercising, but how are we connecting? Is our environment sustaining the or conducive for the changes that we're pursuing, right? So all that was a discovery after a discovery. And then I thought, wow, you know, it's all together and we need to break it in pieces and start one thing at a time. And that's how I got back on track. <laughs> so so then you got to that point where it felt like everything was kind of falling to pieces. So what change did you make and how did you even figure out what do I do next? Because I'm sure you're, you're like, okay, here I've spent all this time in the corporate world. Things are falling apart. My world's falling apart. What do I do next? So what, what did you do at that point? Well, unfortunately, I wish I could have done this earlier. I was very fearful of leaving my career. So I kept going, I kept doing, I kept showing up and we start self-medicating. So I started going into coffee and sugar and all these other things to keep my energy levels up. But I, it was just really going deeper into the problem. So my body just shut down and that really forced me. I hit rock bottom is how I call it. That really forced me to say, I only have one token of hope left. And if this is it, I want to make a restart in my life. And that's when I decided I'm going to quit my career and I'm going to take that step out in faith. And I'm going to learn more about this and see if I can heal or what can I do differently for me to go back to the corporate world, which never ended up happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's been five years ever since I left my career. And I'm super happy with the new route that I found. And I'm eventually coming back to the corporations to share more about this because it's so needed. And, and that's such a beautiful journey that you can see yourself on. And as we heal, we can then in turn help others. So, so then, and and by the way, what I heard you saying, I think, is what a lot of us struggle with. We might feel like, man, what I'm doing is not working, but it's so hard to break out of that pattern because it's what we know, and we feel like, oh, if I make a change here, how am I going to be supported? How am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to survive? And and we feel like. I have no choice. But the beautiful thing is what I hear in your story is that you, when you got to that place where you didn't have any other choice but to stop, that somehow another door opened for you and you were able to actually make some progress and, and do some healing. So once you hit that rock bottom, where did you... Where did you finally go for help? What did you do? So I researched a couple of schools and I learned about a lifestyle center here up in, in North California that did a lot of um, lifestyle medicine or preventive medicine. And I decided to join their program. So it was one semester I had in my pocket. That's all I had. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for that semester, learn as much as I can. And as I was doing that, we worked with, you know, that lifestyle center, which is called New Start. And they also have a depression and anxiety recovery program. So part of our training as students was to really serve and apply those tools with real life examples. And I found the connection of the mental with the physical. Mm. And I thought, you know, everything we do, if it doesn't incorporate the mental at the heart of it, we will never change. You can tell a diabetic, change your nutrition, change your diet. We know that reverses diabetes. But if the person continues to have the wrong relationship with their decisions, with their habits, if they keep choosing that because of a mental lack or an emotional need, that person will never heal. 
So I really got fascinated with the importance of the power of choice that we all have, of the spiritual component, having hope and having, giving ourselves grace versus guilt, right? And really navigating through our decisions, incorporating all those elements. And that turned into a career path of mental health support where now I get to experience and learn more about my story through serving others. I believe that serving others and sharing with others is a big part of our healing as well. Absolutely. And you know what you said about the whole idea of the mental being connected with the physical, I couldn't agree more. As a psychiatrist and also a doctor of medicine, I see that over and over again where people struggle with their physical health largely because they don't have the their mindset in the right place. And that's oftentimes, I think, at the very root of the physical health issues. And oftentimes we we do it backwards. We're like, okay, fix the physical and then somehow we'll take care of the mental later on or something like that. It becomes second place. But I think, like you say, it really has to go hand in hand. And for our listeners out there, I really want to encourage you, you know, when you think about health, you got to think of the full package, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The way I like to explain it is in four layers. We first start with our physical foundations. It's like taking your car to the service. How often do we take our car to the service? Like a couple of times a year at the least, right? But our bodies, how many times do we assess our bodies in terms of our physical foundation? So we have to start with making sure we're sleeping well, making sure we're exercising, eating the right food, like getting the right end fuel, right? The engine being taken care of. And then as we work on the foundations, then we go into the mental. And that is really understanding and absorbing the new concepts and applying them. And then that's individual work. That's very personal work. But once we get that established, then we can go into the emotional and social component, which is how do I connect with those around me? What choices am I making to recruit the power team I need to continue growing? And then that leads into our spiritual, which is where do we get our strength? Where do we get our identity, our sense of purpose, right? Our worth. I got my worth a lot out of achievements. And then I understood that, hey, that's that's a vicious cycle. I need mm-hmm. to change that into a virtuous cycle where I'm connecting to the sources that give me that. And then I can serve and give it to others. But that doesn't come from my own accomplishments, but more from our spiritual Absolutely. Health. And, you know, I, I often call that the performance trap because it's so easy to get in that mindset. And that's really what the world re- rewards us with is saying, okay, if you perform, then you're going to get the rewards. But in reality, if we're just focused on performing, I think we miss out on the most important elements of life oftentimes. Absolutely. Um, we've talked about your journey and how you came out of that really difficult situation. What thinking about coming out of that that situation of burnout in the corporate world, what do you think were have been some of the most difficult aspects to come out of that and to enter kind of into your new life so to speak? Well, one of the biggest things was pressure, right? We hold ourselves um or we compare ourselves to standards that are many times unrealistic or high, right? Like I remember health, I would define it based on what I would watch on advertising or on TV or magazines, right? Or other people would tell us, I thought health was going to the gym every day, at least two hours, having to eat the right diet. But that when when you're overwhelmed and, and burnt out, that is not the recipe we need. Actually, that it gets us to be even more frustrated and not even trying it. So I remember that having those references redefined helped me a lot. I learned that health in the stage I was or the season I was in was actually resting Mm. and saying no to many of that because I needed to recover. 
So I think one is the standards that we hold ourselves in comparison with. The other thing is peer pressure. There's a lot of competition out there and we are expected to constantly deliver and, and measure ourselves based on others. And then I discovered that actually we all have different values. We all organize them in different hierarchies. Like what matters to me right now in the season I'm in might be very different from, from your values, right? So that's very important not to compare ourselves. And that was very hard for me to discover. And the other thing is pride. Also accepting and being vulnerable and saying, hey, I can't do this. This is, I can't show up in that way or, or simply saying no. So those were the biggest challenges I can think of. So so how, how did you get past those challenges? Because yeah, it's so easy for us to compare ourselves with others to try to, you know, reach a certain standard and 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 then, you know, have this pressure to perform a certain way and of course to make sure we're having that ideal job or whatever. And and we can have the pressure of course from ourselves, but we can have the pressure from society, we can have the pressure from our family. How did you overcome these big tension points and actually get to a point where you're feeling like, okay, I can move forward to this with this and really have a new life. Right. Well, I guess what happened to me was I was needing to learn to be humble. And I was humbled by being so broken physically and mentally. Mm. Like there's a point where you can't sh- uh, hide that. People see it. So you have two, two options to continue living in denial and, you know, putting up a front and that becomes heavy in the long term. So either that or stepping out and saying, hey, this is where I am, acknowledging, owning it and asking for help. And I was forced to do that because physically I was not able to function. So asking for help. So did you then, I mean, of course you went to the uh, lifestyle program there at Weimar Institute and everything, but uh, did you ask specific people for help? Were you able to get some support through yeah, this process? Yeah, I think that throughout the process, I was able to have people that supported me, that talk, that I was feeling safe in talking about these things. I had mentors and sponsors in, in the corporate world. I also had great teachers and um, different family members or, or even friends that were used in the whole equation to really um, point out that it is okay, that we can try again and and discover. I saw it as taking a break. I saw it as, I'm going to take a sabbatical year and really get back on track. You know how many people go into disability. Mm -hmm. So I saw it as an opportunity to really get back and assess where I was needing help. And then I started physically with, you know, researching more of these doctors that believed in alternative ways from what I was already looking and finding no answers from. Um, I had tons of counselors and um, mentors as well. And I think that's so important because sometimes we feel like, oh, I got to figure this out on my own. But one of the most important things in the journey of healing is, like you said, humbling ourselves and reaching out for help, being open to people, mentors and coaches. And I've often heard it say, you know, if if you're going to be coaching others, you really need to be willing and open to being coached yourself. Absolutely. I have my own coach as we speak because I I need to process a lot of things and, and we're all humans, we're all growing. So we all need that accountability. I believe in it. So how did you actually transition from learning and healing yourself to then helping others and becoming a coach yourself? Well, I wasn't no, I didn't even know I was being a co- I was being a coach as I was healing, right? Because I was trying to apply all these principles. But as I shared my story, as I met people where they were, you know, 
in the different work environments that we had the opportunity to work as students, I saw how that brokenness, how being vulnerable with them could actually provide hope and healing to others. And I saw, wow, this is amazing. It's not knowing at all. It's really sharing ourselves and saying, hey, this is how it worked out for me. And let's brainstorm together. And and that alone brings a lot of healing on both ends. So I was like, wow, can I do this for a living? Like it's it's actually that definition of a dream job, right? So I just decided to continue um, getting more tools and uh, finding opportunities to continue sharing with coaching. And I love how you didn't wait to start helping others until you felt like, oh, I I know everything and I got this all down and I'm completely healed myself. Mm. What I'm hearing you say is that really, as you learn things, you tried to be a blessing and encouragement to help and a help to others. And then you continue to learn and grow and heal yourself. Right, absolutely. And I think that's you know one of the important journeys or one of the important elements for all of us to, to keep in mind is that we don't have to have it all figured out in order to, to help others. So then you became so passionate about it, actually, that you even helped us here at Beautiful Minds to start our own coaching program. You want to share just briefly about oh. that? <laughs> well, I, I know that Beautiful Minds was doing a lot of whole person care approach, and I know that there was a little component of coaching, but I saw how important it is for aftercare. You know, many times we go through, you know, our coaches, our counselors, or our doctors, or even programs. We have a great the signature program of Beautiful Minds, which is the intensive outpatient program. And I was sitting in there and learning. I I was also able to share, you know, there's an education component there with lifestyle. But I was seeing how people were doing very well during the two, three weeks. But after that, people would relapse. And that's a very natural part of the stages of change. We need to relapse because we're learning new skills. And this is where coaching becomes very relevant is How do we stand up again? How do we feel that we're learning in that relapse? Because that's when many times the tragedy, I call it, people just never show up again because they're like, you know what? This doesn't work. I'm never going to make it. And that's the closest stage for making it a habit and reaching the full change is when we relapse, right? But coaching can really support that for people not only to learn things, but to also continue checking in with other like-minded people and with, with coaches that can help them strategize to identify what's working, what's not, what can change. So as we started, and thank you for the opportunity that Beautiful Minds gave me to really try that out, um, we've been able to see this is a very big pillar in the success of our clients. Absolutely. And we've been so excited just to see the success. And we really appreciate all the hard work and love that you poured into our not only the organization, but into our clients and, and the wonderful changes that we've been able to experience so in, in closing, what would you say to someone that is really struggling? Maybe they're struggling with their job or maybe just life in general and they're burned out and they feel like they're at an end and they need to make a change. I would say that they're not alone. We're all in that journey and there will be stages in our life where we need to to really own that and connect with others. There is a beautiful gift in sharing ourselves with others because we all we're all... Um, designed to be part of a community. And in that unity and connection, there's power. So I would encourage them to reach out and to um, try it out. Yeah, and I I agree. You know, I've seen so many people where they're on that verge and just a little bit of encouragement to get past that fear of change 
can do so much. And if, if, if people can just take that first step and you don't have to do it all at once, right? Right. Just that first step towards positive growth. And like you said, reaching out for help and then, you know, starting to see those little benefits and then it gives courage, I think, to make even bigger change. And really, you know, life has so much available for each one of us and we don't want to shortchange ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the coaching piece, and I'm biased by saying this, but I think that as we go into a coaching space, that's where the discovery takes place. That's where the fun part, it's like, okay, I've learned all these things about my past. What can I do now with that to build the future? So it's a lot about experiencing, exploring, discovering, trying things out. So it's like the workshop space where we get to do that with our own lives. So it's a lot of it's a lot of excitement. It's, it shouldn't be threatening at all. It's it's putting our life into action. Absolutely, and and I so appreciate you coming and sharing your experience with us today because I think that's the the proof of the concept right mm-hmm. there. That even though it can be scary to step out of your comfort zone and what you know, that sometimes that's the very best thing for us to actually reach the the goals and and the type of happiness and the type of life that we really want. So thank you so much, Mariola, for being here with me today. And thank you for leading out in our coaching program and for doing such a wonderful job with our clients. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 